Thank you for joining us for the latest edition of Potluck, the Great Plains podcast. I'm David Berg. Reverend Junius Dotson spent 14 years in the Great Plains as pastor of Wichita St. Mark's UMC, growing it into one of the largest and most influential African-American congregations in the country. He left Wichita in 2016 to become the General Secretary and CEO of Discipleship Ministries, based in Nashville. He still maintains ties to the Great Plains, including being elected as a delegate to the General Conference in 2020, after serving as an alternate and jurisdictional delegate in 2012 and 2016. Before his time in the Great Plains, Dotson suffered a physical breakdown that's at the center of his new book, Soul Reset. In a video supplied by Upper Room Publishing, Dotson talks about what happened. It was the most embarrassing moment of my life. Within the first minute, I knew something was off. I walked up to the pulpit to preach at a funeral, but I was feeling lightheaded and disoriented. I had preached a thousand sermons before while feeling under the weather, and I thought, if I can just power through this message, I'll be okay. As I started speaking, I quickly realized I was not going to make it through the sermon. The next thing I knew, paramedics were putting me into an ambulance. I knew then that I had exhausted myself to the limit. I hadn't taken care of my soul. I needed a soul reset. Maybe that's you today. You're exhausted, overwhelmed, depleted. Maybe you're busy taking care of so many other people that you haven't stopped to take care of yourself. Soul reset is my invitation to you to join Jesus in the journey to wholeness. A soul reset for me meant a new depth of joy and peace that I have never known. And it only came through staying close to Jesus. In this book, there are biblical examples and spiritual practices that will help you keep God first in every area of your life so that your daily life, your workplace, and your church will never be the same again. Join me today for a soul reset. We'll talk to Junius Dotson about Soul Reset right after this. Hey, this is Holly Tepley, your Disaster Response Coordinator for the Great Plains Conference. As you know, we have had an extremely busy year with disaster response all over our conference. Flooding, tornadoes in both states have just told and, and, and made it it's, it very taxing on our volunteers. We need more volunteers. We've had a great small group of individuals who have dedicated hours upon hours, but we need more. So we have some trainings coming up. Uh, October 19th at Eastmore UMC in Marion, Kansas. Um, October 26th, Church of the Resurrection in Leewood. 
and then a, a ERT recertification class. For those of you who uh, are expired with your basic ERT on October 26th at Church of the Resurrection, you can uh, renew your credentials so that you can become active in our family. Uh, go to www.greatplainsumc.org, register. The first stop Junius Dotson made on his Soul Reset book tour was in Wichita, where he was a guest at the new Heart of Christ UMC. After his presentation, we talked to him about the book and how it compares and contrasts to his work with Discipleship Ministries, particularly with the See All the People project he brought to the organization. It appears in, in your presentation where I've read that Soul Reset is equally for individuals and churches. Is that the way you see it? Absolutely. So it's uh, for, for individuals, uh, really for anybody who uh, has responsibilities for others, who carries the burden and the weight uh, of leadership. I think it, it's particularly uh, going to speak to those persons, but anybody will be able to read the book and connect with it on very personal ways, um, which is why there's small group curriculum that will be uh, attached uh, to this particular uh, book as well. So the book is really about spiritual practices, uh, healthy spiritual practices, uh, but it deals with my uh, personal story of breakdown and breakthrough and a journey to wholeness. Um, so uh, in this book, uh, I talk about my battle uh, with depression and when I first experienced it, depression. I'll tell that story in great detail. Uh, and then also uh, one of the chapters deals with grief and loss. Uh, so I think those are are particularly two subjects that uh, anyone can enter into. And then there's a chapter that deals with busyness and being overwhelmed, the state of being overwhelmed, um, and how you work your way through those sort of things. And so they're all, each chapter is tied, uh, is scripturally based. Uh, there's a scriptural uh, place where we can find ourselves. Um, it deals with my personal story, but it also provides some very practical uh, insights and helps for people to utilize spiritual practices who I believe are essential uh, for a uh, soul reset and also essential for a person finding their way to wholeness. You talked about your breakdown and breakthrough, as you put it. There were people I've talked to after your presentation here who were very impressed and very amazed that you opened yourself up so much, used your own life experience of this. Was that a difficult decision to make to show that Yes, you have this vulnerability too, and just as just like everyone else. Or was it a difficult decision to to make all this public? Um, it was in 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 regards to you know one of the things that I share in the book, uh, particularly when I dealt with my first major bout of depression, I was clinically depressed. I had opened up uh, to a colleague who asked me a question about how I was doing, and uh, you know, and usually when somebody would ask me that question. You know, oh, I'm fine. I'm okay. Um, but in that moment, um, I took a risk. And uh, their response to me was, what do you have to be depressed about? And um, so that the response to what I shared in a very vulnerable way um, was one what I think 
creates this environment, this climate where people are reluctant to share uh, their vulnerabilities or where they struggle. And so my contention is the church ought to be a safe place. Uh, we ought to create opportunities for people to be authentic and transparent uh, and to be real uh, in terms of the struggles that they face every single day. And so my decision uh, to share that story really was to was to help uh, cr- uh, create uh, space for people and uh, for people to feel free, you know, to be able to share their stories. Um, what's also interesting to me is, as I've shared this uh, in the process of writing this book, uh, with a very high-profile business uh, owner, leader, entrepreneur uh, in our in the city of Nashville, where I'm residing right now, and uh, the first thing uh, she said to me was, "Wow." You know, and then she began to share how her story intersects uh, with what I was sharing with her. And not only that, she also began to share with me, and then there are a lot of business leaders, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, there are a lot of executives, there are a lot of, a lot of people who lead in various forms who share a similar story. It'd be great for us to be able to have some space and some honesty uh, from persons who are particularly uh, high-profile leaders so that uh, people can know that, you know, you can be a high-profile leader and that you can be highly functioning <laughs> and to know that uh, that doesn't mean that everything's okay with you. And so that was part of my rationale and part of the emphasis and motivation behind this. And also, um, like last year when I was really sitting down to, you know, I got a car, some time out to do this book, um, there was like just this rash, this spate of, of pastors who were, you know, some very high profile churches, I mean, like leading like thousands of people um, and who had committed suicide. And there was one even in the city of Nashville. And I, I knew that that was God's confirmation to me uh, to sit out and get this book done uh, so that if it can provide hope, if it can provide, you know, one person who is who's willing to take a risk of vulnerability uh, to help uh, to know that there is there's hope in the midst of depression, there's hope in the midst of grief, uh, that there are things that we can do to reset our soul. So John Wesley asked that question, how is it with your soul? And this book really attempts to help people to honestly assess that question, uh, but also provide some very practical ways for them to, uh, to find wholeness. Since you've been in charge of discipleship ministries, you've introduced the See All the People movement, I believe you called it, rather than yes. a program or mm-hmm. ministry. It's a movement. How much do you think the, the advice for churches and soul reset overlaps with See All the People? Well, you know, one of the one of the ver- basic principles of uh, see all the people is was to create this big front porch uh, for intentional discipleship. Well, intentional discipleship is uh, creating or having a clear path uh, for people to to know Christ, uh, to grow in Christ, uh, to be able to share their gifts with others, to serve, to give generously, um, and also to be able to connect with others in relationship outside in the community. And so. Uh, the basic principle there is, though, is discipleship begins with me so that it's healthy leaders build healthy congregations, healthy congregations uh, build and create healthy leaders. Those two go hand in hand. And so the the uh, the overlap there is the, from the concept of discipleship, first and foremost, begins with me. And so if you're going to grow a healthy team, if you're going to have healthy leaders, then those persons must attend uh, to their own personal discipleship. They must be growing and maturing in Christ. And quite frankly, um, I think this is one of those things that we sometimes neglect uh, in the busyness of church life and in, and in this 
and, you know, and I've been there as a local church pastor. You're just trying to keep things going from week to week, right? Sure. You're trying to make sure this program is running, this ministry is running, uh, all of those things that you attend to every single day. Well, in the midst of it, I, I'm, what I'm going to share is that the most important thing is one's own personal journey with Christ. Uh, the most important thing is how one is attending to their own souls and their own uh, personal dimension of discipleship. So that's, that's foundational for us to be able to do any type of effective ministry. We'll be back with more from Junius Dotson right after this. I hope you're enjoying the new podcast called Potluck. I'm Shane Warda, coordinator of lay leadership development for the Great Plains Conference. I'm here to tell you about an exciting engagement opportunity for all laity. It's called Lady Summit, happening Saturday, March 21st, 2020. This is for lay servant ministries, any lay leadership, and for people discerning their call to leadership. It'll be a one-stop leadership pipeline for church and community leadership with worship, workshops, keynote speaker, childcare, oh, and food. Stay tuned for location and registration details. We return to talking to Junius Dotson, General Secretary and CEO of Discipleship Ministries, about his book, Soul Reset. What do you hope Soul Reset does for individuals and what do you hope it does for churches? Well, for individuals, I hope that it changes lives. Um, I hope that it it helps people to uh, reorder priorities. I, ho- I hope that it inspires a new sense of hope uh, on their journey to wholeness. Uh, my prayer is that um, it's a it's a wake up call for some people. Uh, for for uh, the book is dedicated to you know to those who don't give up on their dark days, and for the people in their lives that encourage them. And so I'm I'm hoping that uh, uh, for it, it will help somebody say I'm not going to give up today, and it also will help somebody who's reading it to say I probably should reach out to this person who may be struggling. I think I can be a blessing uh, in their lives. And so I'm hoping it will do that in that regard. Uh, For the church, I'm hoping that uh, it will be a catalyst and impetus uh, to, to create safe spaces. Um, it's uh, they're going to be small group studies. Uh, there were there's a small group study that's connected to this, also for adults and for youth. Um, and I, th- I think as churches go through this study, uh, my hope is that they will come out on the other side uh, in a more vulnerable, authentic place, uh, and that it will just be kind of the the first step in trying to create this climate uh, throughout the entire congregation. I find it interesting that um, that a lot of people, many people, who struggle or who are having real personal struggles in their lives, some of these could be the most active people in churches, but when they're struggling, they leave the church or they disappear. Now, you have to ask yourself, why would a person who's very active in church, who's going through something, maybe extreme grief, uh, maybe they are uh, dealing with depression, uh, whatever the case may be, why would they leave the church? Well, uh, and this is what this book hopefully is trying to get to, is people, in those moments, they should be drawing closer. In those moments, they should be uh, finding honest community. In those moments, they should to know that, that they can be vulnerable. And uh, people are not going to think less of you in terms of your particular leadership role. Um, but this is part of leadership, that uh, we're not perfect and that it's okay to be vulnerable. And this is one of the permissions, you know, that this book seeks to give. I was reflecting on 
uh, you know, my role as a pastor, you know, uh, when I was uh, serving as a local church pastor, you know, people would call if um, for a hospital call. You know, hey, so-and-so is going to be in a hospital to have a surgery. Would you go pray for them? I get these calls all the time. You know the calls that we never got uh, were the calls when someone was dealing with a mental illness right. or when they were dealing, uh, in, you know, dealing with some type of mental thing and, and they needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, those were the calls that were very infrequent or we really had to, had to keep digging to figure out what was really going on mm-hmm. with someone. And I want to suggest that, um, you know, those calls that, that we should take, I'm trying to get the stigma you know, around mental well, uh, health uh, and wellness, you know, out of the church. It should not be a stigma as it relates to that. Uh, it is a part of health and wholeness. Uh, and this is what this book is hoping and seeking to help people just uh, understand. Yeah. How did we get this way? Were were people in the church worried about this? I mean, you're you're about the same age I am. Mm-hmm. Were they worried about this 15, 60 years ago? Or is this something that has kind of progressed through the years, the busyness of the church, the busyness of church people? Yeah, I think it's something that has... Um uh, you know, I guess because I went around that. But my my assumption is is that you know life was simpler, and um, you know the world moves at such a, a faster pace now, and and there are just so many more things to do, and such myriad of activities, and children are involved in a gazillion things, and you know I think in the past the church was the center of life, and it was the center of community life, and it was, and so it had a different priority in people's lives. And so I think um, along the way, you know, churches in, in trying to keep up with what was going on in people's lives, we started creating more activities and more things for people to do. Uh, and as a result of that, um, you know, our activities, we've driven more towards activity, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, what does it really mean to be growing in Christ? I think simple is more, quite frankly. Um, and I um, and, and this is coming from a from a from a pastor who, you know, pastored a very large congregation, multi-site congregation, with a myriad of activities. And and for, you know, I would say like in the late 80s, early 90s, when we went through this whole church growth phase, you know what the mantra became? The mantra became, you know, church 24-7. Like it's a church open, like you're not an effective church if you're not open every day of the week. Mm -hmm. You're not an effective church unless you got everything, you know, every, you know, that should be activity scheduled every single day. And that became kind of, you know, how you became quote unquote an effective church and I think we missed the boat on that Uh, I think less is more. Um, I think uh, as I think about discipleship uh, in in the, the world that in which we live, the, this ethos that's needed for effective discipleship in the 21st century, I think it requires us to walk with people uh, over a much longer period of time. I think it requires a deeper investment uh, in relationship. I think it requires uh, more time getting to know people's stories and understanding where they are. And if we don't have those things, it becomes very difficult to really speak hope into people's lives. Um, and I think we're well past, you know, the church invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're in a different different place. Uh, and I think um, we have to give attention to that. And so Soul Reset is a way for us to care for our own spiritual growth and development. But it's also a way for us to, to understand how we can begin to invest uh, in relationship, authentic relationships, you know, with other people. 
Great. Uh-huh. Junius Dotson, thank you for your time and uh, our best wishes for success with, with uh, Soul Reset. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And uh, you can go to soulreset.org uh, <laughs> and uh, you can purchase the book and uh, it'll be a blessing for you and purchase the book for someone you think it can, it can bless as well. So thank you. Uh, thanks for reading and write me. Give me some feedback. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Junius Dotson's book, Soul Reset, is available at bookstores and online from Upper Room Publishing. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Reuben Sainz, Jr., and I had the privilege of serving as a bishop of the Great Plains Conference. I visited Epworth Village this past September and had the honor and privilege of meeting your dedicated staff of directors and also members from your board of directors. I was so impressed with the passion and the care that they um, have for the children that are entrusted to their care. They are doing all that they can to provide a safe place for the children and also to help children uh, stay up with their learning uh, as they move into adulthood. Thank you for all the ways that you support children and families in the Midwest by providing them with the support and tools that they need to flourish in life. Maya and I have recently become the proud grandparents of six new children uh, that have come from the foster care system. We see how happy it has made our children and how much joy these children have brought to our lives. In fact, Maya is in Houston uh, today and for the next few days visiting with our new grandchildren and getting to know them. You know, Jesus Christ put children at the center of his project. He said, whoever welcomes a child welcomes me. As you put your hand, your loving hand, on the heart and on the minds and on the lives of children, you touch the heart of Christ. Thank you for 130 years of ministry with Christ's beloved children. And I pray that Christ will grant you another 130 years of touching and transforming lives and making a difference uh, for the people that God loves so much. God's grace and peace be with you. Thanks to Junius Dotson for his time and a very busy book tour. And thanks to all of you for listening to Potluck. We'd like to hear from you. Either call our hotline at 785 715-4251, 785-414-4251, or email potluck at greatplainsumc.org with comments or suggestions for guests. I'm David Burke. Potluck is produced and directed by Eugenio Hernandez, and the executive producer is Todd Seifert. Copyright 2019, Great Plains Conference.